0: Hi everyone, Jason here. On May the 14th, Stephen and myself will be appearing with the one and only Mark Lewison at the Pavilion Theatre in Dun Laoghaire, Dublin. We're going to be celebrating 60 years of a hard day's night, and we would love you to join us. For tickets, go to paviliontheatre.ie or nothingisrealpod.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Nothing Is Real, a Beatles podcast, is powered by Acast. Welcome to Nothing Is Real, a podcast about the Beatles. My name is Jason Carty. My name's Stephen Cockcroft. And we're live on tape from Dublin and Belfast. Well, everybody, the day has finally come. Today, we're going to talk about the films of Mr. Ringo Starr, movie star himself and Oscar winner, Stephen. He's an Oscar winner. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But not for his acting. No,
1: no, not for his his singing either. No, just uh, for
0: being in the room. In the room. Uh, For Let It Be. Um, And even though we've had lots of requests from people to, you know, talk about A Hard Day's Night or help, we're going straight to the important movies here where we're going to talk about the movies where Ringo is, his name is up on
1: the marquee. Yeah, even... Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah top, <laughs> if these top, movies even made it to a cinema. I was going to say it's top billing, even though he's not necessarily the top leading actor. But uh, No,
0: but it's it's an interesting body of work. And uh, I, I think it's fair to say that we're this is going to be a bit of a, a, a laid back look at Ringo's movie career. But, you know, cometh the hour, cometh the man. And Stephen, you have sat down and watched
1: all of these films. I was going to say, you know, it's it, it's 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 an episode that I think commanded the most research. <laughs> certainly, certainly, time-wise. certainly, time-wise, and we, we we both put the R's in.
0: Yes, and uh, it's it's also one of these ideas that wouldn't die. I'm 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 mindful of, you know, when when Monty Python had Holy Grail out, somebody said, "What's your next movie?" and they just jokingly said, uh, "Jesus Christ, lust for glory," and that was an idea that just eventually turned into Life of Brian. And I think we were knocking about podcast ideas and the films of Ringo Starr just wouldn't go away. It just was begging I, to be done, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you're setting the bar quite high, comparing <laughs> it with Life of Brian. But, but yes, <laughs> I get your I get your yeah. point. I get your point.
0: So, um, yeah, the, so the way I see it, Stephen, is, uh, you know, Ringo's always been around. He's always been, you know, he's always liked a camera. He's never been shy. But the main no. body of his movie work, we're kind of looking at this 1968 to 1981 arc of a career the rise sort of and, and, the rise and rise and of then Brinkistan. the opposite of a rise yeah. um yeah. but it, it's kind of uh, we'll, we'll, we'll address this when we look at the movies it's kind of in three parts where he starts off and he's in the beatles and it becomes like his accessory career and then he finds himself solo and he's given it a serious go yeah uh, and then time passes and he's maybe enjoying the lifestyle more than the art of acting. Yes, I think th- I think that's fair comment. That's, 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 that's fair, fair comment. Uh, But Ringo, I guess we we have to start by saying, you know, he he gets this label of being an actor because of his hard day's night moment, doesn't he?
1: Yes, the walk along the canal and the summoning up the the pathos of of the the common man <laughs> uh, or 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 just hungover
0: yeah well there's that too because he was hungover wasn't he, he yeah was, he was yeah yeah he
1: well he he, he says very sort of disarmingly uh, yeah i got a lot of single i for a lot of praise for that scene but really i just had a hard night the night before and literally a hard night night <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and uh, it, 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 it seems to give him though a certain license that he gets this label of being the actor after A Hard Day's Night. Ooh. And, you know, a Hard Day's Night is brilliant. And we'll do an episode on A Hard Day's Night at some point. But he, you know, he's literally just being Ringo, uh, being handed a script where they're all being heightened versions of themselves. And it's he's not really acting. He's But he's no, very well, charismatic he, and there's
1: a difference. He, he's, yes, what you're trying to say is he's just... All he has to do is act naturally. Hey, <laughs> um, yes. yeah. I mean, I think, but 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 I think one of the things is that that he's also the the key player in in the help plot. He, yes, you know, this he's, is he's, true. The, he's, the, he's the sort of everything else sort of revolves around him. So he's he is kind of put forward into that front and center uh, role, and even in in Magical Mystery Tour, you know, yeah. he's the one on on the bus with Aunt Jessie. Again, he's got a little bit more dialogue, such as it is.
0: Yeah, but uh, Magical Mystery Tour is where you see that kind of style of Ringo acting, which is kind
1: of totally. It's this very kind of <laughs> unsubtle. deadpan, unsubtle hat. But that, that, I mean, it, 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 there is a certain charm to that. Yeah. And, and, and you, you know, it's, it is his sort of calling card. And when it works, it's spectacular. But yeah. when it really is not. Appropriate. <laughs> it's <laughs> it it's not out. spectacular. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And listen, who are we to mock or judge? He has made significantly more films than you or I, Stephen. Well, so far. So far, until the Nothing Is Real movie hits the big screen. Um, So let's let's get down to it, because, uh, you know, it did take a global pandemic for us to sit down in 2020 and pass the time in front of these movies. It was a perfect way to pass the time. Yeah, just to to see what the world has to offer. Um, So let's look at this first phase where he's in The Beatles and he is making movies. And there's two movies that fall under this remit, which are Candy from 1968 and The Magic Christian from 1969 so let's start with candy what's candy about
1: well do you want to put in a disclaimer at this point this is true we did
0: talk uh- myself and Stephen off mike that there are certain topics that are coming up uh in discussing the movies of ringo star that are might have an adult tone so if you've got children or you know loved ones in and around <laughs> wherever you're listening to your podcasts um just be m- mindful that the topics might go into um
1: the the body. should we say the body? slightly slightly It's slightly, slightly body. It, it, it's of its you know these films are of their time
0: yeah so tell us about um, the
1: sex farce candy <laughs> okay well i, I you know I, it's a it's a common everyday story uh high school student candy christians descends to Earth from space Mm. uh, following a poetry recital uh, she uh, goes home with Richard Burton right and uh, uh, one of the critics described uh, as seems permanently to be walking into a headwind uh, (laughs) with his hair Uh, she has many adventures sex with many men and then returns to space and it could only have been made in 1968 probably it is i mean this is this is based on a novel from the late fifties, but uh, and supposedly it's a satire on pornographic stories, but sort of generally ends up just being a pornographic story itself
0: yeah there's I a th- there's a certain type of um Uh, There's a certain type of thing in the late 60s that presents itself as some kind of liberalized way of thinking about sex and life. And actually, it's just more of the same male wish fulfillment fantasy
1: BS, really. Well, uh, yes. And these also these sort of big ensemble pieces where you have. Half a dozen or a dozen stars of the day. You know, I'm thinking Woody Allen, sex comedies. Yeah. That style of thing. Everything you wanted to know about sex. Uh, well, uh, Terry what's, Southern had been the, involved in Casino Royale the year before. Ex, ex, exactly. Which so is a similar Terry, kind of vibe. Terry, yeah. So it's that. It is that. It's it's absolutely of its time. 67, 68, 69. Could not have been made any other time um, and Terry Southern, Southern has
0: a yeah he's an interesting guy he because he casts a spell over
1: these movies in a way he does i mean he's he's i didn't know much about him um but he's been he sort of was present in all of the cool places, so he was in Paris uh, after the war, uh, sort of literary scene there. He moved to Greenwich Village in uh, the 1950s. He's hanging out with the Beats uh, in Swinging London in the 60s. As you say, he wrote Dialogue for Doctor Strangelove, Casino Royale, Barbarella, yeah. if you know that film. Yeah. Again, very much... Uh, I was going to say of, of a piece with candy, you know. Uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, films as a teenager. Um, <laughs> well,
0: there are certain movies in in this that kind of. Uh, do you remember um, what was it called? Was it uh, Movie Drome when Alex Cox used to present yes, these BBC yes. Two movies on a Sunday night? They used to pop up in that slot. This is about, yep. uh, I think, late eighties, early nineties on BBC Two, and it'd be Sunday night. Here's a cult film, and so these kind of movies would pop up. I remember Barbarella popped up there one week. Um, and Parents, after your parents have gone to bed. <laughs> but Barbarella uh, is is kind of good. You know, it, it's it still, is, it is, still it's, it's, casts yes. a bit of a, it still has a bit of cultural impact. You know, Kylie made a Barbarella video, you know, in you, homage.
1: Do you remember the uh, the name of the Milo O'Shea character? Wasn't it Duran Juran Duran Duran. Duran Duran. Duran. Duran, Duran. So, so, yeah, yeah, so
0: with that there to blame for Duran Duran. But, <laughs> but it's interesting because Terry Southern, um, who's who's involved in a couple of Ringo pro- projects, you kind of think, man, why was Ringo... Tying his his wagon to this guy, but he's been involved in, as you say, Doctor Strange of Casino Royale, yep. Barbarella. He gets involved after this with Easy Rider, so he does have form, and he does he has been involved in
1: some notable projects. He does, and then he 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 seems to sort of fall on hard times. Mm. Uh, so he's got a blink and you'll miss it cameo in The Man Who Fell to Earth. Yeah, and and then tragically. He ends up writing for Saturday Night Live.
0: Yeah, now he writes in early 80s Saturday Night Live. So I, I, I'm quite a Saturday Night Live uh, fan and Stephen is the opposite, fair to say. I think
1: that's very fair.
0: Um and he wrote in the eighty one, eighty-two season where Lorne Michaels had left and the cast was in free fall and turnover and they were trying to kind of rebuild uh the show. Um but I don't actually know what uh, particular pieces he he wrote for the the show. The the writer's room is kind of a, a different thing back then. Um and then he 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 dies in the nineties. He kind of doesn't um he doesn't really have a final act
1: no he just he just sort of fades away yeah, and, but as you say Ringo Ringo is involved in this project Magic Christian and he also at one point had had uh sort of optioned another story called Blue Movie do we know what that's about um, I have no idea oh, okay um it does what it says on the <laughs> yeah, yeah I'd worry is it, is it literally a blue movie <laughs> um but it, it was never made um but but he does seem to be very sort of present Terry mm, Southern mm. In, in the late 60s. Um, there is a soundtrack to Candy that came out on Apple, but only in the US, I think. Who's on that? Um, is, is
0: Ringo on that?
1: Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, he Ringo, we should say, Ringo has a very, I'm tempted to say he's a very small part, but that's just- Steady. That's innuendo. Carry on, For Candy. the sake of innuendo, but he 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 plays a Mexican gardener.
0: Well, full disclosure here, Stephen. Out of all the movies we're talking about today, uh, there's two of them I have not seen in full, and Candy is one of them because you know, you know, life is too short. got children in the house. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that's true. <laughs> and everybody's in the house these days. Um, so, uh, Candy, you really can just dial up the five minutes that Ringo is in, and. Um, it's 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 on YouTube and he plays a Mexican gardener and he, it's 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 as bad it's as, sh- it's
1: as shockingly bad as you you would imagine like
0: cultural appropriation or whatnot, you know, but he's, you know, sea misser and all that kind of stuff. But it's- even even leaving that aside, it's it's a shocking piece of miscasting. Well, here's the thing I find interesting about this, because this movie is in 1968. And uh, if my timeline is right, he, he leaves the recording of the White Album to go off and do yep. some of this. And he is, like, we, we can look back now and kind of laugh at some of this, but he is, it, Ringo from the Beatles in the summer of 1968. What's he doing? What is the path that gets him on a plane and into a studio to record this awful scene in a film like it's it's it just well, doesn't make sense
1: well i think you don't have to look further than the cast list
0: yeah so, so we'll go I through mean, the
1: list there okay well i mean candy herself mm. uh you know she she was an unknown she was uh, miss teen sweden in 1965 <laughs> uh, miss teen international in 1966 right and um she the she best.
0: was she was uh, she was 15 when she was Miss Teen Sweden. So she's 18 yes.
1: when she makes candy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um. She looks a bit like Catherine Deneuve. Yeah. Um. But the best quote in the sort of reviews, uh, you know, she went on to star in several films after this and said many of her films were sex comedies set in the Middle Ages. <laughs> I think that that tells you all you need to know. Okay. But. But the, the the key thing here for Ringo, I suspect, is the rest of the cast. So you've got James Coburn, yeah, Walter Mattai yeah, John Houston. yeah, Martin Brando, yeah. Brando pops up, yeah. So why would you not want to be? You know, these were big. Yeah, stars. no, it's, it's it's and it's yeah, and
0: it's 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 really a curious thing. Um, and Ringo comes in as a Mexican gardener, and it's. Yeah, it's 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 a strange scene and he ends up squiring candy and I oh, very delicately put yes squiring is what I'm well, going he's, to call it. he's
1: squiring candy while Richard Burton is squiring a mannequin in the background
0: but it just it does give <laughs> yeah that's true it does give a <laughs> it does give um an impression as to just some of the chaos that's around the Beatles in 68 that a good manager wouldn't have like like I can't see Epstein uh, would have signed no, off on that at I, all
1: I think Brian, Brian Epstein you remember this is Brian Epstein sort of Said you can't go near, uh, um, you know, the, this topic or that topic for yeah. your follow up, um, your follow up film. You know, they they looked around uh, Joe Wharton. You yeah, know, he wasn't he wasn't getting near the Joe Wharton script. So no, I think I think uh, Brian Epstein would not have let. Uh, and I mean, I don't think we can really recommend anybody go on
0: no and watch d- this. Film. D- no, it's just it's just terrible. So that's Candy from 1968. Marks out of ten, Stephen. Two out of ten. Two out of ten. Right. But it is inexorably kind of linked to the other film that Ringo makes when he's still in The Beatles, which is The Magic Christian, which is probably more well-known. And that comes out in 1969. It's made in February 69, just after the... Uh, let it be sessions so january yeah, so this 69 is, this is, is a big
1: one to... this is one this is one of the pressures on that session that ringo is committed to doing this so yeah. he, he, those sessions have to end at a certain point point.
0: and this is what he um, does
1: between let it be and eventually getting back into what becomes abbey road yes and again there's a sort of a broader connection because there's a soundtrack that's on apple yep. and uh the big song is come and get it Paul, what's McCartney, I Paul McCartney I believe is his name
0: so um, so the magic Christian well, I, I mean I, I, people here probably
1: uh, out of all these movies this is the one that they, they might have seen mm. um, but what's it about a millionaire adopts a homeless man and together they bribe everyone they meet to do things they would never usually do in order to make a point about money and capitalism or something. Yes, it's a bit preachy and it's,
0: it stars Ringo and Peter Sellers. Yes. And Peter Sellers is this kind of eccentric, uh, very wealthy millionaire person and he, uh, Ringo is a uh, homeless guy. Sleeping, oh, in the man, park, sleeping in the park yeah. and Peter Sellers just uh, adopts them and they go about,
1: it's basically a series of sketches of them doing outrageous things with money. It is. And again, it's, uh, it, again, it's, it's, it's a style of film that comes from the late sixties. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, it, it has every sort of British character actress or actor mm. working there. You know, you've got Hattie Jakes, so you've got, you, you know, you've got, uh, Proto Monty Python, John Cleese, Graham Chapman, yeah. uh, Richard Attenborough is in it. He is. Um, it's. I. I. I like this film. I have to say.
0: It's. It's. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was. It was set up to be kind of Ringo's big break, mm. as far as I can see, because he's a co-starring role. Peter Sellers is always fascinating to watch, whether yeah. he's appearing on the Sykes sitcom or whether he's, you know, uh, you know, headlining in a, you know, being there. He, he's always. A very magnetic performer and obviously him and ringo were
1: friends yes i mean sellers is sort of moving in their circle yeah um and i think uh, they were all goons fans you know sellers was uh, sort of instrumental in that coming out of the late 50s early 60s um but i think he was genuinely fascinated by stardom mm. uh, sellers was fascinated by stardom and, and other so i think he was sort of intrigued to be in that world yeah and again it's uh, terry southern
0: who wrote yeah. a book in 1959 and the original book was set in the us and then the 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 script gets a pass through from john cleese and graham chapman who at the time um this would have been pre monty python monty python doesn't hit the air till october 69 and this is being filmed at the start of 69 so uh monty python hasn't even happened yet but they are television writers uh, writing for shows like The Frost Report and Doctor in the House and uh, at last the 1948 show um, yep. that they are in. So they are starting to make a name for it. And it's it's kind of obvious when you watch it that the the, the bits that aren't in the book originally uh, are the scenes with Cleese, which is in an auction house, and the scenes with Chapman, which is the Oxford Cambridge boat race. They They're the bits that they obviously shoehorned in themselves.
1: Yes. I mean, the Cleese sketch is just Monty Python. The Cleese
0: sketch is probably the best bit. And you yeah. see Cleese uh, being, you know, before he became so wheezy and miserable, <laughs> which is how I <laughs> just how I see <laughs> him today. Um, but he, uh, I, I think Cleese is, you know, all the things that he became famous for in subsequent years is in his little scene, this kind of yes. repressed, snobbery, you know, haughty, Attitude. Um, it is probably the best scene in the film, and it, it is. It, it is
1: obviously a Python written scene in disguise. Clearly, I mean, it. 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 You. You could take that little sketch and put it into any Python yeah. uh, show. I think, and it would. It would work. It. 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 Uh, it it's very interesting to see the origins. Uh,
0: in uh, there, uh, yeah.
1: In there, yeah.
0: And uh, Graham Chapman's a bit more fleeting, but um, I have to say, overall, I don't like The Magic Christian. You
1: didn't like it.
0: I, well, you see, I first saw it about, it must have been about 25 years ago and it came out on home video. VHS, Mm. you remember tapes. And uh, I bought it and I was like, oh, I'm so looking forward to seeing this. It's Monty Python. It's The Beatles. It's Peter Sellers. This is going to be fantastic. And it's kind of, it's got that, again, it's, it's, it's obviously of its time, but it's so unsubtle and it's so kind of, Yeah, there's there's a deep cynicism to it, you know. Do you
1: know? Well, do you know? But the but what I what I liked about it is there's there's lots of sort of business going on in the background to every scene. Yeah. So you you have a scene on a train and Hattie Jakes is there and she's reading a book about kind of Nazi war crimes and it's never mentioned or (laughs) alluded to and it's just so every every scene has something else. Yeah, uh, going on. Some of it is, uh, as you say, it's it's very unsubtle and it does kind of bang you over the head with the the sort of the moral and... Uh, yeah, and I, a little, that ending I, is very annoying. It's very kind of the, gross. The ending, it, 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 it reminds me of those uh, Spike Milligan Q yeah, shows yeah. where they just, they don't know how to end a sketch. So they just go, what are we going to do now? What are yeah. we going to do now? And they wander off camera. And it is a bit... Yeah, it, there's no resolution to anything. And there is no plot to it. It's basically just a set of a series
0: of, you know... Setups for them to yeah. spend their money. Now, there's a it. One of my favorite films of that era, because I'm a monkeys fan, is the movie Head, which Head, yeah. is, is a movie I, I I really love and I've watched many many times. But I've watched it many times because I think the musical set pieces are great mm. and they're quite charismatic. And it is kind of uh, it does poke fun and it's, it's you know of, of of the TV show and it's got the TV show to refer to. Whereas something like this. I'm not sure. It's hard to know who it's for, really. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think that's probably true. I think if you went to see this in the cinema in 1969, you'd have found it hilarious. You yeah, know? Um, it is a period piece. Um, again, it's got a great cast. If you want to see Yul Brynner in drag, yes. Um, uh, if you want to see. Uh, Raquel Welsh.
0: Yeah. and if yeah, But be warned, it's got Rowan Polanski in it as well. Um, That's a, true. There's a That's couple true. of things. I've forgotten <laughs> I, I forgot about that. I, I, I rewatched it again, obviously, for the purposes of science. Uh, and there's a couple of interesting bits on it. It has the day in the life chord is in it. There's a there's yes, a bit where yes. they get off the, the boat and the, you hear the day in the actual chord from uh, the end of a day in the life. And mm-hmm. the, the the magic Christian in the movie is a, is a ship and it's this famous launch. And you actually see John and Yoko lookalikes getting onto the ship.
1: Yes, because when I first saw this film, which would have been before movie dome, there was a sort of it was probably on a Saturday night when I was about fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, they would show these movies from the sixties. You know, Magic Christian, Tulane Blacktop, Steelyard Blues, yeah. uh, uh, Silent Running, Dark Star, all of those movies. I actually thought it was real uh, news footage yeah. of uh, john and yoko getting <laughs> right. onto the ship but it was very disappointing to find out that uh it was just look alike
0: but it is interesting um the the choreographer is lionel blair who was in a hard day's night um it does have a scene that reminds me i know we said um, cleese and chapman are in it. it does have that scene in the restaurant which is a bit like the meaning of life mr creosote scene many years yes. later where yes. he's just getting food thrown at him
1: I, I, I that also reminded me of the you know Spaghetti and magical mystery tour.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and and Sellers, as I said, is always is always worth watching. And the, the scenes and, at the end in the South Bank. It's interesting to see a an unbuilt El- South Bank in London. Yes, uh, yes, The NFT or the BFI South Bank. But the absolute star, apart, from, like, it's a
1: very good soundtrack. Oh, yeah, it's it's what is your favourite moment, Stephen? Well, my favourite. <laughs> well, well. Uh, well i i have watched certain scenes more than once <laughs> yes yeah, so what's um, your favorite I, scene um, to say? Well, well i may have watched the Raquel Well scene more than once yes. or twice mm-hmm. or maybe three times but the real the real star of this film right. is Ringo's hair Ringo's hair is is absolutely you know, gorgeous I mean he, I
0: he's front of let it be Ringo is what he is
1: it's, his hair is amazing it's like he just stepped out of a shampoo
0: advert yeah um, um, my, my other favourite bit is at the end when he's doing the free money here sign and, yes. and he runs out of space to write here it reminded me of John Mulaney has a bit about when you write a happy birthday sign you always run out of space yeah and uh, so he kind of runs out of space as he's spray painting the sign yeah it's 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 interesting but it's uh it just has a certain kind of um um yeah it's just it's
1: just a bit. Pod. I loved, I loved this film. I loved this film. This is what we, we, we part company here. I, I just thought this film was great. Well, it, it has popped up and
0: something I realised watching all these films again is one of my favourite things at the minute, particularly in the year 2020, is the channel Talking Pictures TV. Yes. Uh, and you're a fan of Talking Pictures TV I, too. I am. I am indeed. And if... People are listening because we've got listeners around the world. But if you don't know what Talking Pictures TV is, it's this television channel um, that's based in the UK, that's on the regular UK free to air uh, wavelengths, digital wavelengths. Um, But it seems to have been around about two or three years. And I I read about it. it's, It's basically run by a guy who used to work in media and has been collecting old movies and copyrights. And they basically broadcast from a Uh, an expanded garage at the bottom of their garden. Shed. Yeah, Yeah, it's a family broadcast from a shed. But they show all these movies and TV shows that you really have forgotten about that people have kind of passed by. And a few weeks ago they did show The Magic Christian and it got a huge amount of traction online. People were very interested to watch it again. I think they showed it about three or four times. But it's a fascinating little channel. And some of the other movies we're going to talk about have also popped up on Talking Pictures TV. It's uh, and it kind of, what I find interesting about Talking Pictures TV is it gives you a context to kind of forgive uh, some of these movies. If they're not very good, it doesn't matter because you're signing up to see something that's just kind of different, you know what I
1: mean? No, no, exactly. And one one of my sort of pet hits about the modern world, you know, stand by for 15 minutes on oh, why I do like the modern world. Go on. Are
0: you going to go full, uh, what was it, Stephen Stills? <laughs>
1: <laughs> when, when I, no, but when, when I was a teenager all those years ago, um, you could stumble across this type of film. Yes. On BBC Two, on a Saturday night. So they would run a series of kind of horror movies or sort of 60s movies. So I saw... The Magic Christian, I saw uh, uh, Silent Running, I saw that type of film. Nowadays, you can't stumble across Mm. films like that. You know, certainly you can see... Uh, you know, uh, how often has um, Indiana Jones? Yeah. You know, they just they just show that film. Sean of, of the Dead on ITV Two. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they, they just they just continually. Uh, well, uh, and there's nowhere to, to sort of stumble across. You well, know, that's stumbling exactly. Across things is a great thing, and talk, that, that, talking that, Pictures TV channel. should call themselves Perfect. the Stumble Across Channel. They had a yep. a few weeks ago. I found myself
0: watching a Sean Connery film from 1974, set in Norway, where he's single handedly trying to get rid of some. Um, uh, plane um uh, some people have taken over a plane called ransom as bonkers it was great and i 'd never heard of it so magic Christian sorry, did you give your mark out of ten for magic christian
1: um well I, you won 't agree with this but i 'm going seven out of ten for magic Christian
0: yeah I give it two or three out of ten I just find it just
1: really it, it, really you think
0: you think you think it 's as bad as candy no it 's not as bad as candy so four point three or something, I, I guess. Four
1: point three. Four point three. It, it just
0: it just makes me feel uncomfortable. And maybe that's the point. Uh, I just it just yeah it Just. Well, you just
1: you were watching it keep waiting for the kids or your wife to come into the room. That's why you were uncomfortable.
0: What 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 the hell is this? How many
1: times how many times are you going to watch Raquel Welsh? Uh
0: just once or twice. So <laughs> but that is Ringo's big uh, movie debut co-starring Ooh. role. He's in the Beatles, he's in the Magic Christian. And then there's kind of a bit of a gear shift because the Beatles Split. And we kind of get into a couple of movies where Ringo, it seems to me, or maybe this is obvious in retrospect, he's trying to become a bit of a hyphenate, you know, he's, you know, doing music, he's uh, in movies, he's making movies, he's, you know, being all things to all people, he's appearing on different albums. And the next movie on the list is Blind Man from
1: 1971. And, And that is in the middle of Ringo's busyness. It is. I mean, this is an incredibly busy period between 1970 and 72. So he's got two solo albums, standalone singles. He's recording with George and John and Yoko. Concert for Bangladesh. He's recording with Stephen Stills, Leon Russell, B.B. King. Um, you know, phenomenal work, great. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to be a movie star. And trying to be a movie star. So... Man, is this the film you said you had watched or hadn't No, this watched? is the one film on the list that I have not watched because it's not on YouTube. <laughs> and well, I wasn't going to buy a DVD, was just my... Well, might uh, then for your benefit... But I know somebody benefit. who did buy a DVD and... Uh, I, I, yes, I, I did buy the DVD, of all for research. For science. And uh, when, when I... Put the DVD in the DVD player. That's it what played you do. in yeah. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> but and, it is an uh, Italian
0: spaghetti Western, Blind man. Yes,
1: but there were no subtitles, Jason. No. And, and but does Ringo speak in uh, Italian? It was all. It was all overdubbed very okay. badly, classic spaghetti um, Western style in Italian. But, for, but <laughs> as you haven't, I'll describe uh, uh, this film for you. It is a gritty tale of double and triple crossing in the white slavery trade of the Old West, featuring. <laughs> You might want to take notes at this point. I'll start writing. A blind, bounty hunter. <laughs> right. Who, with the help of his trusty seeing-eye horse, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> takes on bloodthirsty bandits and the Mexican army in his quest to deliver 50 mail-order brides to hard-up miners in Texas. Jeez, I mean... We've, we've, all, all, been, we've uh, all been there.
0: That,
1: yeah. I mean, oh, <laughs> that old chestnut. That old chestnut. Um <laughs> yeah this is a this is a crazy film it, um, I mean
0: from the clips and the trailers and things I've looked at it does look good I mean it looks like an pr- authentic spaghetti western
1: it it does I mean it, it it has it has that real feel about it and what I would say is anybody sitting down to watch this who had seen Ringo in A Hard Day's Night <laughs> and Help yeah. and Magical Mystery Tour and Magic Christian this is not the same beast at all no um it's uh, an Alan Klein Abco production, which explains why Ringo's there. Which kind of explains why he's there, and um, Alan Klein makes an uncredited appearance <laughs> as... playing the po- You like this bit? <laughs> playing the part of a sweaty, double-crossing bandit. So typecasting. All he had to do was act naturally. <laughs> yeah, all he had to do was turn up. <laughs> um, and Matt Evans, Evans is in it. Is, isn't yeah, yeah, he's in it as one of Klein's sidekicks. Um, it, it's it's. Ringo, Ringo is sort of given given pretty high billing in this, but he, he it's a very small role in this film, and they're really sort of exploiting his name, I think, just to get people in. Um, it's very violent, hmm. uh, you know. It's very dated in its treatment of the the female characters. Uh, Ringo himself has some extremely hard to watch scenes of violence really? to to women, and they, they, I mean that. Uh, You know, it's shocking now. It must have been more shocking Um, if you were expecting a sort of mop-top comedy, Magic Christian style.
0: Well, here's here's a top fact for you, because uh, in the research for this, uh, you were saying that this was filmed in Almeria in Spain. Yes. And I might have been on the set of Blind Man, because when I was a young kid, uh, we used to go on a package holiday every summer. And I remember one year we went to Almeria in Spain and there's two connections there. First one is that I I remember, so I would have been about eight and we went to a place called Little Hollywood, which was a movie set open to the public where they shot spaghetti westerns. Now, history does not recall whether this was the exact place where they shot Blind Man, but it would seem likely if I visited uh, a spaghetti western uh, studio in Almeria in Spain that this is the same place. I would have thought so. You, you would think so. Um, and my other connection to Almeria is on the same holiday, uh, is where I first experienced the Beatles. So it's a holiday I it's, remember quite well. Could I get you to autograph my DVD? <laughs> well, no, it's funny because it was only years later I realized that there's a connection to Maria because that's where John made How I Won the War.
1: And wrote Strawberry Fields.
0: And wrote Strawberry Fields. And I assuming, in retrospect, the reason why there was there was Beatles stuff on the streets of Almeria was because of the the John Lennon connection. But I didn't put two and two together for about ten or fifteen years. Um, so that was interesting to find out. That was very good. Yeah, that, that, that that's I, a good connection. That's a good connection. <laughs> um, so, but is it a good film, Stephen?
1: <sighs> if you if you like spaghetti westerns, if you're a fan of that sort of. Uh, you know lee van cleef clint mm. eastwood style it's it's an interesting addition to the uh the canon yeah. okay um but if you're a fan of ringo star i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend it it's not one of the films that i would say yes you could just sit down and enjoy watching ringo in this it's 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 not an easy watch and mm. he's not he's not in it for very long yeah um Five out of ten. Five
0: out of ten. Okay, I can't. I can't give a give a a rating because it's the one I haven't seen. I'm afraid, folks. How would you rate uh, Almeria? Almeria's a nice part of the world, you know. Jeez. Five out out of ten. I'd be happy to go anywhere at the minute, Stephen. To be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Right, (laughs) viewers. Anyway, um, that'll date. Uh, Moving on. Moving on. The next movie is a bit of a a right turn, but it's fantastic. Now here's the good stuff. Born to Boogie, 1972. um, A U-rated. Apple films production directed by Ringo Starr and it's a top notch rock bio it's not really is bio. it a biopic. It's a certainly it's it's, it's a, a Mark
1: Boland T Rex movie. It's a rockumentary, if, if you, you will. will. <laughs> but it's it's fantastic. It's it is. It's a. It's a wonderful thing, and I, I. I. have had this on DVD for a long time. Yeah. And I, it's only in the global pandemic that I sat down to watch it all. I'd kind of dipped in and out of it before, but I, I watched the whole thing, and it. It's. It's marvelous. It's a marvelous. Uh. uh, uh a movie. Artifact. It, you know? it is an artifact,
0: and it's fascinating. And uh, and the first thing I'll say is, it is. It is. It is really interesting, to see. Ringo Starr from the Beatles with Mark Bolan from T Rex hanging yeah. out, and you know the story is that Bolan was very enamored with the fact that Ringo from the Beatles was interested in him. But they have a nice rapport. Ringo, the like because Ringo's on camera for for chunks of it, uh, yes. uh, playing drums in a in a fantastic studio jamming session. Um, but he's also kind of
1: larking around with Mark Bolan, and he's you know it's it's very charming. It is so. So the format is there. There's the, that jam session which takes takes place in the Apple basement in their yeah. studios. Um, you've got uh, live footage uh, of a Wembley show yeah. uh, by by T Rex, and then, as you say, you've got these kind of surreal uh, interludes. Yes, where where generally Ringo was there, kind of larking around uh, with with Mark Bolan or having tea. Um, you know, in a kind of slightly surreal, hilly lane, strawberry fields kind of yeah, vibe. The, the dinner table in the field scenario, yeah, classic. Yeah, That's the classic uh,
0: 67 rock video. Setup, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's yeah, the studio session where it's Elton on the piano, Ringo on drums, uh, Mark Boland doing his thing, and they're singing like Little Richard's "Tutti Fruity and then Mark Boland is sitting in Elton's piano doing "Children of the Revolution." It's uh, it's it, it's it, great.
1: If if you watch none of this film other than that clip of Elton and Ringo and, and Mark that, that's that's the highlight for me Um it's, you know the live the live footage is great uh,
0: well the live footage it, like how much Ringo directed this he seems to have actually directed it the live footage it, is really well captured the angle the low angles and the lack of like it's not very kinetic the, the camera kind of just sits there yep. and it films chunks and it's really engaging to watch as opposed to fast cuts and you it's, know. Well, yeah, lit. I
1: mean it. It 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 it's very different in that sense that you say most concert footage, particularly now, you have sort of swinging cameras over the stage and cutaways and different angles. This is you uh, supposedly Ringo war sort of in the pit at the front of the stage mm. di- behind the camera, sort of directing these individual shots, and it, it it gives you a real sense of being in the front row, yeah, um, at, at the concert. Uh, it, it's uh, you know some of the. You know the uh, the uh, uh, bongo solo goes on perhaps a little <laughs> yeah. bit too long, but you know again it's of its of its time. But um, but it's short; it's only like about seventy minutes anyway. It flies yeah. by, and it's um, it, yeah. It it sort of arose out of a Ringo had this idea that he was going he was going to make documentary films um, about. Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor, George Best. I'd I'd like to see Ringo do a documentary Mm. about George Best and that never really came to pass, but Mark Boland was one of the subjects and then this sort of became uh, a theatrical theatrical, uh, release. And of course, at this stage, T-Rex well you that's know, it the t-rex, timing t-rex is perfect t-rex, yeah. t-rex mania you know Bolan mania it's it, he is the new beatles i suppose well one of the um, things about
0: apple that you know we've kind of talked about a lot is that apple was so many great ideas poorly executed you know and there are yeah. versions of every apple idea where you can go there's the same idea done very well and yes. uh, but this this thing does seem to line up that this is a great film made by apple this is the type of thing they could have been churning out as you say if they did do a george best documentary and other
1: another bits this works really really well yes if if they had had the sort of personnel you know the business people to 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 sort of corral the creative ideas yeah this is exactly the type of thing they should have been doing and um Ringo is clearly brilliant at this yeah he's really good as you say a lot of it comes down I suppose to his sort of personal chemistry with Mark Boland but um you can he just he he it, it's a very well-executed, well-crafted uh, documentary.
0: And uh, the that acoustic Alice in Wonderland set, that's filmed in Titanus Park, isn't it? So, that's, yes, just, so yes. that's a Beatles connection right there.
1: Beatles connection right there. So again, it's this idea of, uh, you know, everything moves very fast in pop. Um, so you've got T-Rex and you've got Ringo from The Old Guard. Yeah, and, and Ringo does Elton... seem old, even though there's
0: not he much... Seemed... Yes, he, he does. Enough. It's
1: very much Ringo is the sort of elder statesman. It's about seven 30... years between Ringo and uh, yeah. Mark Bowen. but at, you but know, at 30 years old, I suppose Ringo is, is the elder statesman in yeah. this setup. Um, so Mark's out of 10 for Born to Boogie. Um, I'd give it eight out of 10.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. that that's a, and, it's a great um, uh, little um, time capsule. It's, it's
1: really something... And there's a bit of Mark you, Boland revivalism going on at the minute, which is there nice. is, there is, and uh, just before we leave that, I would just mm. like to say the um, the premiere. Oh yeah, uh, the after show party was at Tramps nightclub, and uh, you had T Rex, Ringo, Elton, Bernie, Torpen, Keith Moon, and Donovan. Drink might have been taken drink might have been taken and Donovan um, told him to take it he told him everything what Donovan to do. was yeah, yeah uncredited there but, uh. um, the
0: next movie uh, we probably should actually mention as a side point that uh, Ringo has also appeared in 200 Motels the Frank Zappa yes. film at this point yes. um, we're not going to go into that but it's uh, it's, uh, it's I've seen 200 Motels
1: I can hear the contempt in your voice <sighs> you know I, I haven't I've never seen this movie I've seen the, I've seen clips and I've seen lots of stills with ringo dressed up like frank zappa he he plays larry the dwarf
0: yeah and so ringo's dressed up as frank zappa and he gives a very odd speech to camera about how to you know but what to do with orchestras and it's all very kind of bleak and um 200 motels is a frank zappa film which was made in 1970 it was shot in london on videotape and then transferred over onto film and sort of became one of these kind of midnight showing things it depends on what your take is on frank zappa and i definitely did see this as part of this alex cox movie drama Mm. bbc2 back in the day because i found his introduction on youtube and watched it and uh that's when i saw it and i really i went back and looked at it again and you're either into the zappa thing or you're not and i've tried so hard to get into zappa but the older i get i'm just not built for that cynicism that kind of it's you know i i think it's dating very very poorly his stuff you know
1: i i think as a as a teenager as a kind of as a teenager he seems
0: an amazing iconoclast you think this guy's fantastic i remember seeing his autobiography about 1990 a friend of mine had it and reading it and thinking this guy's amazing and you are like okay Mm. i'm gonna try and listen to some of his albums oh jesus
1: christ (laughs) (laughs) i i i think the problem for me is there's so much of it yes that's not a problem um, and, with King Crimson, though. <laughs> no, I mean, but it, I mean, it's such a sort of diverse. So, you, you know, you get relatively straightforward things like uh, uh, apostrophe. Yeah. You know, where you've kind of got Jack Bruce is appearing on that. And then you've got some kind of sort of minor scatological humorous. Yeah. Songs, you know, don't eat the yellow snow. That guy. His song titles uh, are more interesting well, uh, often than the work. But um, but he also pulled that stunt. Like in Two Hundred Motels,
0: Ringo is dressed as Frank Zappa giving a speech, and he did the exact same thing on the Monkeys a few years earlier, where he yes. dresses Mike Nesmith as Frank Zappa and he yep. tries to present himself. And Zappa appears in head as
1: well. Uh, with so a it's, just a re- it's a rehash of well, uh, all these
0: things are kind of interlinked. But uh, um, yeah, to, I'm, I know. People who love Frank Zappa, and if you love, I was going to say we, I
1: was going to say we're alienating so many people. No, I
0: can understand what it's like to, you know, to 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 jump into like a massive body of work and to either get it or not get it. But uh, I don't get it. But anyway, Ringo's in in that movie as well, and he makes one or two other cameos. We'll mention in a sec. But the next big movie that he is in is possibly his most important one. Or which is that'll be the day, and when I say important, it's it's. I think I think Ringo kind of disappears in that'll be the day because most of the other movies he's in, you're like, oh, there's Ringo, yeah, and in that'll be the day, uh, I think it's possibly his best kind of
1: capture. I, I think so. I think so. You're not you're not conscious of the fact that you know, hey, it's Ringo Starr. Yeah. So that'll be so the day you... it comes
0: out in 1973, and it
1: stars David Essex.
0: And how would you describe it?
1: It's. um... It, it it really has a lot of parallels, I think, with uh, the early Beatles. So yeah. it's 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 a, this this guy, the David Essex character, is uh, very good at school, but he's very bored. He uh, runs out on his exams and runs off to join a kind of fun fair. Mm. Has uh, lots of adventures, uh, comes back home, and then ditches his uh, fiance. Uh, in a parallel with the way his own father had uh, run out on him as a child, and he's last seen sort of heading down the road with his guitar, setting up the the sequel. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. This but, is this uh, is a great movie, and I, I've seen it a few times. And again, it popped up on Talking Pictures TV recently. And yeah, I was like, I'm just going to
1: watch this again. Uh, this is and it's bleak. This, this is yeah. This is this is probably the sort of arguably the best rock british rock film mm. you think it's it, it really it, but, but part of i part of the 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 um the key to its success is that it it stars lots of people who were there yeah um so like ringo's so ringo we should say plays the part of a barman in, the, a holiday a camp, camp in the holiday camp kind of holiday camp yeah in holiday camp he's a bit of a jack the lad and of course ringo played the butlin's holiday camps with Rory Storm and the Hurricanes and and they're just tapping into that late 50s I
0: think that's why uh, he fits so well he's not
1: acting he's just reliving part of his life absolutely absolutely and um, you know Ringo sort of his character gets beaten up and and sort of disappears Mm. Uh, and maybe it's because you know I'm I'm coming at it from the nothing is real (laughs) standpoint but the film does sort of dip a little bit um once Ringo Ringo brings a lot to this film well there's a lot of because when when the band are playing you know it's
0: it's Billy Fury and Keith Moon uh who are in the band playing at the yeah. camp isn't it so yeah what I like about that'll be the day is it really represents well the boredom the boredom that was in people's yes. lives in that sort yeah. of you know 1950s phase yes, like so- You read so many, yeah, you read so many books about Elvis came along and we couldn't believe it, but you watch that'll be the day and you're like, my God, this is just, did they capture that on me fantastically? You know, what are we going to do now? There isn't much going on, you know? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think this is this is this is this is it. It's a perfect kind of snapshot. Um, the the screen this this was a film that was written by Ray Connolly. Yes. So again there's more Beatles connection there uh people will know ray Connolly. you know he's a rock journalist i suppose is how you would describe him he Hmm. worked for the evening standard he interviewed the beatles in the 60s um he was a journalist to whom lennon confided uh that he had left the beatles and then said yes keep that to yourself (laughs) and he did and then lennon criticized him for doing that um uh, there's a very good archive. There's a book. It was originally a, a website, but there's the Ray Connolly Beatles archive, uh, which is a very good book which collects various interviews. And supposedly he was due to interview John uh, the day that he died. Oh, right. Um, so, but he went to sort of speak to Ringo about the holiday camp and about these book to Neil Aspinall because he had never been to Botlands a holiday camp himself and and he suddenly then in, in having that conversation realized that Ringo would be the perfect uh, the perfect person for this role.
0: Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's a great film and like many films of this era, you know, sometimes in the modern era you forget how to watch old films. It just sort of ends. Yes. It just, so you're like watching, oh my God, you know, what's going on? And it just sort of, he walks off into the sunset at the end. And, and there it does set up a
1: sequel, Stardust,
0: which it, Ringo it, isn't it, in.
1: It does, but I, 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 I'm not sure from looking at the Ray Connolly sort of website and, and his, his sort of recounting that he was, he was intending to have a sequel. Right. Um, I think it was just the case that, you know, the the end was him leaving, yeah, walking out on his fiancee the way his father had walked out on him as a child, and that was the sort of the end. Um, and he he says that he was inspired by the Harry Nilsson song, nineteen forty one. Yes, a father had a son um, and walked out the door. Father had a son, yeah, uh, which is of course Harry Nilsson's um, story experience, uh, yep. his his story, but. um so, yeah, it, it, it then sets up the sequel. Um, Ringo declined to be in the sequel and they cast Adam Faith, yeah. who uh, people who aren't from the UK might not know. He was a sort of late 50s, early 60s singer. Um, and he was cast in the same character, but just a different, uh, different artist. The artist is
0: crazy.
1: Stardust is it's, a crazy it, film. it's great it's, it's yeah it's it's bizarre it's bizarre but uh, supposedly supposedly Ringo declined to be in the sequel because he said having lived through the experience in reality as a member of the Beatles I'm not I don't want to go there so Stardust is really about this meteoric rise to fame and sort of collapse of the main character into kind of drug addiction uh, and
0: what would your marks out of 10 be for that'll be the day I would give it 10,
1: uh, I was going to say 10, 9, 9. 9, I think 9 is generous I enough. He Ringo, if Ringo had been all, all the way to the end, I think <laughs> I'd have given it 10, but 9, I think. Uh, nine. So, so we
0: kind of talked about this arc of Ringo's career where he's in the Beatles and he's in movies and then he's solo and he's making a name for himself and he's doing That'll Be the Day and Born to Boogie and, you know, giving it a, you know, blind man, giving it a good... Um, a good go. But then we tilt into the last phase where perhaps things are happening more for the fun of it. And we mentioned a moment ago Harry Nielsen, and he shuffles into the frame for our next movie on the countdown, if you like Casey Kasem, Yay. Uh, which is 1974's Son of Dracula. Yes. Um, do you want
1: to give us the Son of Dracula uh, summary? Well, again, this is a standard rock and roll vampire movie. Yeah. Um, the, the main thing is recounting the coronation of Harry Nilsson playing the part of Count Countdown as king of the Netherworld at a monsters convention held in the basement dungeon of a horror museum. There you go. No, and just the usual.
0: <laughs> it's uh, your your broad take. First of all, Son of Dracula is, as we said, it's, it's Ringo and Harry having a bit of a laugh, you could say. Yes. But it is yes. made by Apple. It is an Apple film. I know it's 1974 and Apple is kind of going to the wall,
1: but it is made by it- Apple. It is. And supposedly uh, Ringo bankrolled this personally uh, to the tune of, you know, several hundred thousand pounds. Um, And what's your
0: take on Son of Dracula? Because I know how I
1: feel about it. Well, I knew the album before I knew the movie. And the album is quite good, but the most interesting thing about the album is the cover with that kind of fold out Harry Nelson vampire cloak. Yeah. Then I sort of read about it, and I I knew it by its reputation, and then I started watching little bits of it, and I thought, oh, this is a terrible, terrible, terrible movie, and I watched it for the first time all the way through, um, I suppose, back in March, and then I watched it again, and then I watched it for a third time, and I have to say, every time I watch it, it just gets better and better. It's really quite good. I mean, yeah. it's 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 bad,
0: but it's very it's really enjoyable. I mean, yes. it's it, it, it's one thing where you're you're watching something bad and you're like, you know, you know, this is a waste of my time. But uh, Son of Dracula is one of those things where, again, if I flicked across the TV and it popped on, I'm like, but I haven't seen it on TV. It doesn't. It seems to no. have disappeared. It is a lot of fun, and there
1: are lots of really good things to recommend about it. Uh, would you agree? I would. It's very frustrating that it's it's a bad second, third, fourth, fifth generation copy on YouTube. G- copy on YouTube. This is this is I would love to see a, a kind of remastered cleaned up print of this this film
0: my feeling is like ringo plays merlin and he's reprising his role as the magical mystery tour wizard (laughs) with his hat and his beard and his overacting um and and ringo is uh, uh, he's not very good in this i I have
1: to say ringo is probably the least good (laughs) i'm trying to think of the right word the least good ringo is probably the least interesting part of this film and what is um, interesting is that nielsen is really good he is
0: very good and actually he should have done more acting he's 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 he fits in because the, the the thing with this type of movie son of dracula and it reminded me you know at this time we're talking that you know hammer were kind of in making doing their movies and what hammer movies would have and i'm not a horror movie expert but they would always have great actors in them and there are great actors dotted around son of dracula and you know doing the the hokey you know script whatever it is but harry i think does the sad vampire thing
1: really quite well he he does he is excellent and i'd only ever seen him in a in a sort of a tv uh an America, clips from an American TV show where he mm. sort of played the part of a singer, so he's 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 playing himself. But no, he he is actually very good, and 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 he is probably the best thing. And as you say, again, the there's lots of British character actors. You've, you've got Dennis Price, Freddie Jones, Susanna Lee. Um it it, it absolutely wants to be uh, that kind of campy Hammer horror. Mm style film but with rock and roll um and it's not a bad idea
0: because if you think about what's in the ether at the time you have movies like young frankenstein being funny you have movies like the rocky horror which goes on to become very influential and you know it's not uh, a million miles away to think that Son of Dracula could have if it had landed properly gone into that space somewhere
1: I I, th- I, I think Rocky Horror is a very good uh, sort of comparison mm. and I think it wouldn't have taken very much for this uh, to sort of uh, you know build up that sort of slow build to cult following yeah um but this this uh, and i'm guessing it's probably because of the demise of apple
0: yes that it just didn't get a fair bite that, of the apple yes
1: <laughs> so so that it, it 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 doesn't do well on first release but as you say rocky horror or with nail and i those type of films that that aren't particularly well appreciated uh, when they're first released, but th- suddenly um, they just, well, not suddenly, but over time they build and they gradually sort of uh, achieve this cult status. Um, I think this would be, I I think this really needs to be cleaned up and I would, buy it. I would buy it i, buy, I, know, buy that's it my, it... I know that's my uh, catchphrase but i would definitely buy this
0: but what i think is is is, is great about it is um you know the, the thing that is really worth seeing it for are some of the performances so harry Nilsson is this uh, vampire who after 100 years has to take over the mantle of the family blah 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 and all he wants to do is uh boogaloo all he wants to do is yes. rock and roll and play with the band yeah. and there's a fantastic performance scene of Jump Into The Fire, which is a song that just keeps coming back to life. LCD Sound System, have a great version, all the rest. And that's some band who are playing Jump Into The Fire. Who's
1: in that band? We've got John Bonham. May have heard of him. Yes. Uh, Klaus Voorman. Yes. Maybe heard of him. Peter Frampton comes alive uh, and uh, Bobby Keys yeah um, and uh, Keith Moon takes a turn Keith Moon's constantly
0: popping up wherever Ringo's so you, in front
1: of a camera <laughs> so you've got Ringo Harry Nilsson Keith Moon, John Bonham—you know—you uh, kind of get the vibe that must have been going on. But this on that is what set. we're
0: talking about: where the lifestyle is taking over from yes. the movie making, and that's that's where the the, the suffering is. But uh, *Son of Dracula* is definitely worth looking at. It's 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 got. It's got the Channel Tunnel in it. About that's,
1: fifteen that's, years before the Channel Tunnel is built, that's insane. Because <laughs> okay, you can kind of think, well, we've got a tunnel, but it's they got it right. <laughs> they got it absolutely right. It's like a, he, a Harry arrives in the UK in a hearse uh, on a in, it, which is on a train transporter. So they got it right that oh, you you know, you have to put your car on a, a train to get it across. Uh, mm-hmm. this was fourteen years before the Channel Tunnel was even begun,
0: and there's some great uh, views of the West End when he's walking around the West End. That
1: Uh, is is probably my favorite sort of scene, apart from the musical numbers, where Harry is kind of wandering through the rain-soaked old uh, Soho. When it's still a bit kind of dirty, yeah, Um, it's it's great. The, The the intriguing thing, and I think we mentioned this in our 1974 episode, is obviously Ringo had a little bit of a kind of uh, you know, failure of confidence in this, and he called Graham Chapman in mm. um, to to write an entirely new script that they could overdub uh, <laughs> onto the existing film, and um, uh, they recorded a kind of alternative soundtrack. And I'm thinking, does that exist? Somewhere? If that exists, that'd be amazing because this, is, of Dracula
0: this is... isn't particularly funny per se it's kind of a, the, the premise is funny but it's, yeah. it's actually trying to do a horror thing as well it's not full of gags
1: no i think it's it that that's the sort of the feeling is it's neither one it's neither particularly scary it's yeah. a little bit campy it's not particularly funny and i i I, I, and I say ringo does not give a good performance and we we know that ringo is capable in this kind of uh, environment and I, I i do wonder if he suddenly realized that he he was looking at hundreds of thousands of pounds of his own money <laughs> disappearing and and the mantle of producer was sort of weighing slightly heavily on yeah. him. Uh, everything he does is sort of delivered in that deadpan flat yeah this uh, kind of pantomime acting that he does yeah it's yes it's a very exaggerated that's exactly it it is a kind of uh, pantomime but uh, if, if this was cleaned up and given a DVD or a Blu-ray release, complete with an alternative uh, soundtrack that you could, you know, watch the second version of it. I mean, this would be great. Absolutely. I could stick it in a double disc thing with the album
0: itself, you know, like uh, I picked up Slade in Flame recently. It's a nice album DVD set, the kind of thing you want. Um, Did you notice in the background of, oh, by the way, the the Harry Nielsen's vampire character is called Countdown, which is a joke that just, keeps not giving, not giving. Yeah. <laughs> um, but did you notice in the the apartment that he's living in uh that the furniture was ringo or robin furniture no i did not there you go I it has not. that that crazy sliding circular ringo and robin shelves are in the background
1: from I'm, ringo's I'm, furniture company you know what this means? I'm going to have to watch it again. I think you should. Right now. Right now. Um, um, right now. Um, perhaps, perhaps, Ringo, if Ringo is listening, he could get in touch and let us know does the alternative uh, soundtrack exist and why is this not um, uh, it's a, it's ink, a great thing. being to be revisited? And we did mention in
0: 1974 that. Um, uh, the episode that uh, Ringo and Harry were in preliminary talks to do a TV special as well at the same time. Yes. Some of that footage has appeared since like uh, it's basically about 20 seconds of, of test footage with animation. It was very interesting to see. Um, but Ringo uh, um, Son of Dracula is definitely not as bad as a reputation uh, suggests. I mean you know it's not great but it's got a huge curiosity value great musical performances and if you're in the right mood it'll pass 90 minutes very,
1: yep. very pleasantly. I'm I'm going to give it uh, seven, 7 out of 10 7 out of 10 yeah I
0: think if you're in the right mood 7 out of 10 if you're talking about I'm, technically I, it's 2 out of 10 yeah, but if yeah, you're in the but, mood it's 7 out
1: of 10 yeah, I think so
0: um, and, and around the same time Ringo does another um, uh, cameo in Listomania not a movie I've seen in full I've watched Ringo's bits I've, I've
1: wa- yeah I've Ken watched Ken Russell's of it. son of Tommy in a way it's <sighs> just if, if you you're in, if, yeah if you like Tommy stick with Tommy yeah that's my exactly advice. Um,
0: so, we're into the home stretch now of Ringo movies, and we're kind of heading into the. Um, the good stuff. The regretful stuff.
1: Uh, so the we've regretful got, years.
0: So, we've got two movies to come onto next. And the first one is the one that's probably gone down in legend as being <sighs> the worst of the worst, which is 1977s or 78s? 78? I, think, I think it was made in 77, released in yeah. 78. Um, Sextet. And. If you've never heard of Sextet, you are lucky. And I think we should wrap up the podcast and you should go home and never hear about it. Never if you, hear about if it. you want to learn about Sextet. Um, yeah.
1: proceed, uh, proceed at your own risk.
0: Proceed, yes. Listen now, uh, Stephen, tell us about Sextet.
1: This is a 1978 American musical comedy film starring the 84-year-old Mae West in the lead, wait for it, sex kitten role. mm So the plot is basically (laughs) that Mae West, Marlowe Manners, and her new sixth husband arrive uh, at their honeymoon hotel and are unable to consummate the marriage because they're constantly interrupted by dress fittings, photo sessions, as well as various men, including her her former husbands, who all want to have sex with Mae West and retrieve an incriminating cassette tape of her body memoirs and quite frankly once again we've all been there
0: we've all been there good, good you body again
1: which <laughs> of us cannot say that we have uh, burst in on an ex's honeymoon trying to retrieve a copy of her memoirs so so we
0: need to point out that um, when she arrives with her sixth husband this person is played by Timothy Dalton who goes on to be 007 James Jim, yeah, Timothy and
1: Bond I, <laughs> I, I, I think Timothy I, I should have checked how old he was, but, you know, he's he's not old. He's not old. And all he wants to do is... Um, um,
0: have sex with Mae West. Yes, 84-year-old Mae West. And yeah. uh, all these ex-husbands keep coming into the picture to distract and to, um,
1: you know... Uh, it, 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 it's, it's it's as bad as it sounds. It's, it's just, it's beyond awful. But again, yeah. the cast list... Yeah. So, uh, you've got it. Ringo, Ringo yes. George Hamilton, Andrew yeah. Pigeon, mm-hmm. uh, Dom DeLuise, yeah. uh, Tony Curtis, Keith Mooden, again.
0: The first person you see in this movie is the late, great Regis Philbin. Yes! which when yes. I, yes. So, I've never watched Sextet, and uh, for the purposes of chatting today, I thought, I really have to bite the bullet and watch this. And I put it on, and uh, Regis Philbin comes on, as a, yeah. as a reporter, which is just... Uh, it's just crazy and it, it it answers there are so many questions raised like like how, this woman is the the character that May West plays who's as we said is 84 is so famous that there are reporters in the hotel lobby reporting on whether the marriage has been consummated or not because that's yeah, normal.
1: there are, there are crowds outside she is it's 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 literally every move that she makes is being commented upon and, and followed and reported on and and um, it's 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 weird I mean it's just oh. it, it, it's 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 terrible um, and and they just I mean she's very made up yeah uh, and they just sort of move her around the set like she's on casters um, and and they they get her to deliver her famous you know, come up and see me sometime or it's not the man in my life. It's the life in my man. I mean, it's a, it's a series of, of catchphrases. The the
0: legend of the movie is that she was wearing an earpiece and she was being fed her lines. Yes. And you know, I can believe it. I can believe it. And she's always kind of photographed in this kind of blurry, Fuzzy lit old a Hollywood lot kind of way, of
1: vaseline on the lens of the yes. camera. Yeah.
0: and all her lines are delivered in that um, kind of Mae West tone. Yeah, yeah. and every line she delivers, uh, there's always about six people in the room who deliver about a one point five second burst of laughter, which then yep. stops. And then she goes, no, 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 no. And then everyone <laughs>, laughs and stops again. Yeah. And it's it's really strange. And when I was watching this, it's on YouTube. And uh, I um I, I I was about 10 minutes in and I was like, please, please make this stop. stop. And uh, but you know, on YouTube you can change the speed, the playback speed of something <laughs> you're watching. And okay. I'm telling you, folks, if you put Sextet up to you know 1.75 or two times the speed. May West sounds like nineteen thirties May West because okay. it, it everybody's performance is slowed down to match her performance. Uh, which makes it stultifyingly dull to watch. And well, oh God, it's
1: I can't it's it's all coming well, back apparently, to Apparently, apparently she was uh, incredibly deaf. Mm. Um so it was very difficult to kind of give her direction. And there's a story um about a scene in an, in an elevator, which took most of the day to film. And after the scene, the director called rap, uh, but she wasn't within hearing range. So she just stayed in the elevator. Oh God love her. Uh, for <laughs> half an hour before anyone realized that, uh, they had to go. Um, I think what I've written here in my notes is that the low point is Mae West reciting the lyrics to Babyface. Yeah. If it were not for the world's worst Beatles cover, which is Dom DeLuise singing Honey Pie. Well, that's
0: bizarre. Dom DeLuise just starts singing Honey Pie for no particular for no reason. reason. No. Uh, I, I, and, and when I was watching it for the first time, I was about 10 minutes in when the first song came on. And I was like, oh, Jesus, no, there's music. There's singing a and musical. dancing as well. It's it's so many things done badly. Um. It's, yeah, it's really really weird there's this athletic room scene where Mae West kind of wanders into a room with about
1: you know it's like the, an American basketball team or something yeah where, and
0: just starts uh,
1: you know doing all these lines and all,
0: everyone's laughing at her
1: and it's um with her with her Jason is her, laughing
0: with her but, but like one of the ex-husbands is George Hamilton who's just come off The Godfather you know one yep. of the greatest films of all time and he's doing like a Godfather pastiche in it it's so strange Horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's awful.
1: Ring, I mean, it, it, you know, and Ringo it, is doing
0: very loud, very broad, very bad. He's in it for about four minutes. I timed yes. it, and he's not uh, he's, very he's, good. he
1: plays the part of a former husband, I think, um, with some weird uh, sort of geographically inexact accent. Yeah, uh, and uh, he's clearly off his head. He, he is. You can he's, tell when when Ringo's neck beard goes out of control. That's that that they're the bad Ringo years. You know, that's about he 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 is just. He is, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure he has no memory of this film whatsoever. Well, I found a bit of footage of him being interviewed about it recently. And he's, mm-hmm. he's
0: like, you know, he's quite, he, he knows so, it's not a good film. And he's like, listen, just wanted to meet Mae West and hang out. And, you know, she was, you know, a legend. And, uh, but the highlight of the film? Keith Moon,
1: isn't it? Keith Moon. Keith Moon, Keith Keith Moon appears super... as, as a dress designer. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's in he's in it only for about two minutes. Yes. But it's, it's worth watching those two minutes. Don't watch the whole film. Find the two minutes with Keith Moon. He is hilarious and this is how you imagine Keith Moon behaved in real life. Well,
0: you know, Keith Moon does that thing where, you know, he pops up in Tommy or whatever, you know, he's doing these little mini micro rolls and he's just perfect. He's He's got great presence, great charisma. He's brilliantly
1: funny. You don't want to watch him for an hour and a half, but he's just very, very, very good in this thing. Yeah, Keith Um, Keith Moon is one of those people that I think I would like to spend some time in his company, but probably no more than five or ten minutes in his company.
0: I I mean, broadly speaking, some of the
1: stuff he did was a bit grim. He'd be be great crack for about ten minutes, and then I think it would wear thin. So two minutes in this, but he is clearly enjoying himself and i imagine that was one tick. Yeah. Um, and then literally he walks out the door and keeps talking as he leaves and, uh, <laughs> I, I, it, well yeah. there's
0: there's um there's you know spoiler alert but it kind of is revealed towards the end of the movie that the Timothy Dalton character is like this 007 secret spy <laughs> which yeah. is like oh my god what a what a twist kind of thing. Yeah. Um and a bit of foreshadowing for for yeah. Timothy Dalton's yeah. um yeah latest, uh, late, later, uh later career. Um So, yeah,
1: I... Would you tell people to watch it? No, I didn't hesitate. No, I, I, I originally had marked this as 3 out of 10, but I actually think it's probably 2 out of 10. It's really, really bad. But however, I'm going to flip something just for the sake of it, because,
0: you know... If you think about it, Stephen, maybe there's something broader at play here because I have a theory. I was just about to say, do you have a theory? I have a theory. And my theory is actually that Ringo is playing the long game, that sextet is the flip of candy and makes a very serious point about ageist views and sexuality. Have I just, have I revealed myself to be ageist? just saying, why is it that, you know, we are all kind of laughing and mocking a sexualized 84-year-old who wants to um, bed all her ex-husbands, but we are not horrified about the movie about an 18-year-old being chased by... Six old men. <laughs> I was horrified by that movie too. He <laughs> <laughs> said it was the best movie ever. I'll rewind the tape. No. <laughs> candy, candy, yeah. No, no,
1: you no. don't I didn't say that. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. rewind the tape. Rewind. Uh, I was. I'm. I'm appalled by all of these movies. But there uh, you go. Sex
0: If you see it uh, hand in hand with candy, they're
1: actually the yin and yang. No. Oh, I'm not watching them again. No, no, no. That's a very, that's a very difficult uh, leap to make. Do you um, think there's candy and sex that in a double bill at your local <laughs> Odeon? Oh, my God. Even... That's... Yeah, well, if you know,
0: so, some some cinemas need to be kept empty these days, so that'd be well, a good way of, of doing it. I, but, I think there well, is there is a school of thought that says that about Sex death, that says, "Good on Mae West for making this movie about a sexy eighty four year old," and bro, you know we should rethink our position on on, on these kind of attitudes I, I, in society.
1: But yeah, I mean, I I I it still doesn't see make it a good that, movie. It doesn't make it a good movie, and I can see that. But you 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 you, you know you do get a sense that she was in no way in control of this.
0: No, and it's like the the, the, the the cast or the, the credits at the start say it's based on her play and it does have, it's very much set up like a play. Yeah. But the play is about, written about 30 or 40 years earlier and was never really produced. So they basically no. took this idea off the scrap heap. It wasn't a play written about somebody who's in their 80s. It was written about somebody who's in their 40s who'd had a load of husbands. And, yeah. you know, that might, uh, uh, you, uh, yeah, well, I it mean, still doesn't I, make sense. I, I, really. I,
1: I, I could see it, I mean, I suppose these days it might be about someone who was in their sixties or their seventies. Mm. You know, on the basis that seventy is the new forty or something. But uh, <laughs> That's I'm, what I'm clinging. I'm, I'm <laughs> clinging to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, you keep um, saying that it doesn't make it true. <laughs> yeah, um, may, maybe. But you, you, uh, I felt uncomfortable because you kind of think I don't think uh, she's I, in on it. I don't think she's in on it. That's exactly it. I, yeah. I think I. I don't think she's. Uh, in control and yeah. i think people are much like ourselves are laughing at her rather than with her yeah. She's she's not present you, you know you kind of get a sense that she's not aware of really what's going on and she's just yeah and say, that's it's, a it's, pity it, it's because she, she
0: she was someone with a fantastic legacy who actually yes. created a screen persona back in the early days of talkies, which was very striking and strident and important, you know? Yeah. So I do think yeah, it oh, is ab- a pity ab- that this ab- is her
1: absolutely. I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not taking away from her uh, its kind of importance as uh, as an actress sort of back in the day. But I I, I think this is a very unfortunate sort of End the yeah, and
0: it, it, it's kind of you know it's sad that her career sort of has this punchline, you know.
1: Yeah, um, but you're, you're you're bringing the party down.
0: Sorry. Well, then let's let's end Ringo's well, uh, cinematic odyssey with our well, next. We, before, movie. Or did before, I miss
1: something? Uh, you miss something? What I want to, what I want to do is give a, a shout out to uh, another podcast. Oh, I don't know. Oh, go on then. (laughs) Pod, Yes, yes, um, indeed. Which uh, is an excellent podcast. uh, Primarily started off about uh, the Bond movies, but um, sort of diversified. Um, This is a very funny episode uh, on sex sex that which you should not listen to if you're driving or operating heavy machinery. It's, it's highly recommend you check that. Out. It's much more entertaining than the movie. That's interesting. I didn't know there were other podcasts. That's interesting. Um, there, are, there are no other music
0: podcasts. <laughs> so on to uh, the final big tentpole Ringo film, which is kind of, I think, the end of Ringo's cinematic ambition or career, certainly as a headliner, which is 1981's Caveman. I'm, um, I'm,
1: guessing, I'm guessing this is your
0: favourite film. Well, you know...
1: No, I, it's not. But, uh, well, tell us, give us the synopsis of Caveman. Okay. Uh, the first thing is, this, this this features no dialogue, but in the course of slapstick adventures, cavemen discover marijuana, fire, mm-hmm. invent roast chicken, music, weapons, and learn how to walk upright. Ringo becomes the tribe's new leader, and he and his mate, who, interestingly, is not Barbara Bach, who is in this film, live yes. happily ever after.
0: Yeah, his mate is played by uh, Shelley Long, who obviously went on From- to be... Um, Cheers, uh, Diane, yes, cheers. female cast member from Cheers, and um, it's Caveman is, it feels
1: dated. Well, everything from the eighties is is, <laughs> is, is is dated in a way. No, but but in a way that things from the seventies and things from the nineties often are not. I mean. You know, it stars Dennis Quaid for a start. (laughs) But
0: Um, here's what I think about Caveman, because we're talking about some of these movies and we're having a laugh and all the rest, but sometimes you're kind of thinking, why was this made or how did this happen? And I kind of think, I can kind of understand a slight logic in how Caveman became made, you know, got made as a movie, but it seems as if it was a couple of years too late. Like, if you think, it, it reminds me of... Um, that kind of run of movies that mel brooks had where he had young frankenstein which is a black and white film and he had blazing saddles yep. a western and he had silent exactly. movie which is silent movie. He had high anxiety so it's one of those kind of comedy genre pieces because it's a it's kind of a pseudo
1: silent ray
0: Harryhausen
1: film it is it's a kind of send-up of what's that raquel welsh film one million yeah, years, years BC, BC. It's, yeah, it's yeah. that or, or as you say the kind of stop motion uh dinosaurs and things like that it is a, it is a send up of that but as you yeah. say it's, it's a couple of years too late yeah and you, you
0: could kind of see you know if it had been like a mel brooks type film and it had even maybe starred mel brooks in the ringo role you know Nothing. you can kind of see uh you know how that would uh, come to be because it was directed by uh carl gottlieb who sort of was in i think i think he might have been a um did he work with mel brooks or he certainly was 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 of that uh, hmm. era um uh, and you know it's it's got a reasonably strong cast. You know Barbara Bach is there, and she's just come off the Spy Who Loved Me a year or yep. two earlier. Um, so you can kind of see how it might have been a good idea, but it it gets um it gets old very fast. The, the premise uh, of it.
1: it 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 seems to me that it's a kind of thirty minute TV show, or it's a couple of sketches, yeah, that, that have just been kind of elongated, yeah. Um, and uh, you know it's a bit kind of slapsticky, but as you say, it's it's very dated. Yeah, and you know it's, it, 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 it,
0: and there it, is it, some lovely stop motion animations in it, but I just associate that with movies t- twenty or thirty years earlier. You know,
1: yeah. Uh, it um, just, it it's just not, you know it's not you know, you know the first Flintstones movie. Yeah, yeah. The kind of comedy hmm. you think well it, that did it a little better than this. Yeah. Um, and, and high praise. You know, <laughs> high praise. And 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 the kind of lack of dialogue is is that just gets I didn't. I didn't make it to the end of this movie. I have to say, it's
0: you'd, you'd certainly skip through it on on YouTube, you know. And it's it's the, you know, it's got one or two nice little bits in it, and I see what they're reaching for, but just but,
1: no. But you but you see what I mean? Is it kind of like a sketch, or is yeah. a punchline in search of a joke? Uh, yeah. It, it, it's um, but the the best bit is where they're all sitting around the campfire and um, uh, somebody blows into a. Oh, kind yeah. of a jug and realises it produces a musical sound and this kind of they start adding to it and it they discover music and that that's a that would be a great little kind of Saturday Night Live sketch or something <laughs> um, and it it has a Beatles reference right at the start doesn't it this yeah so bear in mind when this was this this came out in 1981 so it opens in the way that all prehistoric uh, films open with a, a, you know one zillion years ago mm. on the 9th of October which is John's birthday?
0: John's birthday, and this this movie so, came out in April '81. Just a few. Yeah, months. so
1: it seems to be just a little bit of a nod uh, uh, to uh, to John. And, yeah. Um, but this was this is you say this is the point where I think uh, you know Ringo is is enjoying the lifestyle. Mm. Uh, I think it's fair to say that his co-star Dennis Quaid was enjoying the lifestyle, Certainly. and uh, Barb, Barbara Bach. Too. Um, yes and you know they you know the the
0: ringo at this point is in his 40s there aren't going to be any more ringo star starring vehicles and no. but you know himself and barbara meet up and they are still together to this day so if his career has left him with uh
1: all in a happier place than more power to his elbow i guess all, all's well and this is this is the promotional interview that we've talked about before where he goes on the John Davidson show and he's completely hammered. Yeah. And he's he's in a bad way and there is some interviews of them
0: together, uh, Ringo and Barbara, on the Today Show in summer 1981 in the wake of Mm. Caveman coming out and they're a bit, you know, refreshed yeah they're they, you know they're, they're they're not as bad as the, the john davidson interview but no. they're still obviously um uh, high on life and uh, <laughs> which they've subsequently been quite candid about talking about at the time but yeah, it, yeah. caveman it, it doesn't really even have any kind of curiosity value or you know fun value that son of dracula no. has
1: can't yeah. uh, what's your what's your uh what's your final rating i'm 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 giving it four out of ten and i'm saying this is fairly unwatchable unless you're stoned I imagine.
0: Uh, yes, stoned like a caveman and would have a stone thrown yeah. at him. Yeah, that's it, Jason. That's it. That's what that means. Uh, so that's Caveman. So so that's the kind of the arc of Ringo's films from 68 to 81. And whether it could have gone in another direction, I don't know. But there's a couple of postscripts we might wrap up on uh, talking about. The first one is, we're, we'll do two or three hours now on a movie called Give My Regards to Broad Street that came out in, let me just check my papers, 1984. And it was What's written by um, uh, somebody called Paul
1: McCartney. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. McCartney. Well, sadly, uh, sadly, we don't have time for that. But I, I, if we can leave that, I I, I promise you, <laughs> we, we will we will do at some point It'll in the future. Happen. It'll never happen. Uh, we will do, do an entire episode on this film, which. <laughs> i have never seen
0: yes i do think it would be fun to put you in front of it for the first time and i've seen i've seen bits of it yes you know, but, but you've uh, looked at those pictures on the sleeve of the soundtrack and wondered but, wow i'd love to see that film yeah um but there are two things that uh, left that we're going to pick one is a favorite of yours and one is a favorite of mine um, i feel
1: already i'm being uh no, because I think I think
0: I think your choice is excellent. Uh, the the <laughs> one I want, the one i meant to mention first is a 2016 film that Ringo pops up in, which is "Popstar: uh, Never Stop Never Stopping," which is a very very funny film, and it's it from. Is very funny. Yeah, it's uh, it's from the Lonely Island people. If you know the Lonely Island, they're. Um, they're a trio uh, who uh, were on Saturday Night Live, uh, who went off to, to do great things. So Andy Samberg is the star of the uh, pop star Never Stop Never Stopping. And uh, Jorm and Kiva are the two of the members of Lonely Island who, uh, who also appear in the film and, and direct it. And it's a uh, another mockumentary about... Uh, uh, sandberg's character is connor for real who is uh, (laughs) for real for real who's you know trying to make a comeback and it's just it's 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 very very funny but ringo appears there's plenty there's these talking heads that pop up throughout the the movie kind of talking about the history and their relationship with the band and ringo just pops up as one of these talking heads and it's very funny to just have him in the middle of all this acting seriously
1: do you think we get Mr. Sandberg on the podcast? Do you think
0: would- I would love to get Andy Sandberg. I'm a huge Lonely Island fan, and you know they they did the digital shorts on SNL for years. A lot of SNL turning up on today's podcast, um, uh, and and their musical comedy is sensational
1: there's there's yes, just so absolutely. much good stuff their,
0: their three albums are fantastic i'll just and, say um, they,
1: they they do my favorite ever christmas song i will leave it at that well i think i know which which one you're talking about <laughs> <laughs>
0: um the uh so yeah that's pop star never stop never stopping which is a very silly um and it's definitely 18s rated uh comedy that ringo pops up in but you uh pushed me in the direction of something else which i think uh we need to talk about Uh,
1: Which might be Ringo's finest moment. It might be Ringo's Ringo's finest moment. We've been looking for a 10
0: out of 10 moment. What is it?
1: This is the Powerpuff Girls' Dance (laughs) Pants, which came out. It's a TV short, and it came out in 2014. Uh, It's an animated uh, uh, film, I suppose. And uh, he plays the character Fibonacci Sequins. It's a great mathematical pun. Like he's yeah. a
0: glam rock sequence guy, but he's yeah. also a professor of maths, this character. And it's and, um this is the best thing Ringo's ever done. It is really it's, funny it's, and charming. And you know, it, it's not even telling you that it's Ringo, you know? It's
1: uh No, it's just I mean but it's obviously him. People people will think we're 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 just kind of, you know, being facetious here, but it is genuinely entertaining. It's very, very funny. And if you ever wanted to see a cartoon Ringo in a tutu singing, I Wish I Was a Powerpuff Girl, <laughs> this is the place to go. This is
0: this is exactly it, and uh, it, it is very very funny. The Powerpuff Girls is a funny cartoon. It's oh. one of those things that you don't mind uh, the kids putting on. There is a well,
1: yes, we we started this by by saying you know there's there's language and there's some inappropriate things. This is entirely appropriate uh, for for, for everyone, the whole family. And there the is a family. there
0: is a another uh, Powerpuff Girls episode called Meet the Beatles, spelled B E A b-e-a-t hyphen a-l-l-s who are uh, the the powerpuff girls have to fight a group of supervillains called the beat alls um wow. but this cartoon it's another 10 minute powerpuff cartoon but it has more beetle references in it than the free as a bird video it's worth <laughs> it's worth pulling out because uh it, it came on the television in our house one day and i was like oh i know i know i get all these jokes i know what's going on um so- are
1: we are we looking at doing a special episode on the Powerpuff Girls?
0: We I think there's probably a whole a whole a whole podcast, whole podcast. On Powerpuff Girls Beatles crossover but uh, yeah I think uh, it's nice that Ringo uh, at this Stage is kind of popping up in things where he's I, a lot, lot uh, more laid so. back I mean, about you, what's going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are, there are comments online about you know, oh, how could he possibly do this or this? I I think it just he is clearly incredibly comfortable with his role, his legacy, his position, and I I think it's great that he's he's doing this kind of kind of stuff. Yeah, and you know, he loves the all round entertainer thing. He loves
0: being famous uh you know he you know when when he did find his groove you know we haven't even mentioned thomas the tank
1: engine but that was something that you know suited him like a glove yeah and i mean at the time people were sort of saying oh this is such a come down or this is this is but but you know again it's back to your point about him playing the long game yeah um you know that 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 has legs that has traction. That's still something. And it's, it's great. It's yeah. just fun and it's enjoyable. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, Ring peace, and, all love. Over. peace, peace, peace and love. Yeah. Peace and love. That's all he wants to do is just bring a
0: little bit of joy. Um, but what do you think folks, uh, have you seen any of these Beatles films? Have we made you want to see any of these Beatles films? Have we made you want to take your television and throw it into the sea? Uh, let us uh, know. Have <laughs> you, or you, is have you, have you
1: canceled, canceled your
0: subscription to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, listen, sometimes it, it can't all be um, copiously dense <laughs> facts. We, we watched this for
1: most- <laughs> This is the most time I've <laughs>
0: put into uh, any episode. Hours, I'm telling you, folks. The, the 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 playback speed on YouTube is your friend. Um, <laughs> so that's my top tip. You know, that's the only way to watch Sex Dead in about half an hour. Um, but let us know what you think. Uh, it's certainly a curious uh, fingerprint uh, of movies that he has made, and it's part of the Beatles' magic. That the only reason we're talking about these things today in the 21st century is that there's a thread that connects them back to uh, everybody's favorite group the Beatles and that's just uh that's just the magic that makes the whole thing interesting you know
1: yes I agree and and (laughs) the the the, 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 once you start watching these films it's the little connections that that pop up all Mm -hmm. the way through his career you know whether it's Don DeLuise and Dead singing Honey Pie or the fact that Keith Moon keeps popping up um or yeah, it's the, an Apple, Apple films or you know Harry Nelson is in Son of Dracula and Harry Nelson's song 1941 inspires that will be the day it, it's a weird you just realise uh, you're
0: living in a Beatles universe and we just yeah, need to get used to it absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let us know what you think folks have you seen these do you want to go see them we're available in all the usual places we're on Twitter at Beatles pod um, you can go to Facebook for the um, private nothing is real Facebook group and Stephen will let you in and we're popping up in other online places as well and um, We hope you join us next time. Thanks for listening. For Nothing Is Real, I'm Jason Carty. I'm Stephen Cockcroft. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Nothing Is Real is powered by Acast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Thanks for listening to Nothing Is Real. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, why not become a member? You'll get access to ad-free content, bonus episodes, and so much more. Follow the link in the show notes, sign up on ACAST+, or visit our website, nothingisrealpod.com.